0: Joining me now is Selwyn Duke. Selwyn, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Good to be with you, Brandon. You're making me hungry with uh, all that food there, those images. I
0: know. I I could go for a stack of pancakes myself right now. Uh, (laughs) Look at this. This is an article, folks, by Selwyn. Arizona, Nevada, and the slow count vote fraud technique. I mean, it just keeps going. We're now hearing they're not going to be done with counting Arizona. We were told Friday. Now we're told... Maybe sometime next week, they just keep dragging it out in Arizona, Nevada, and a few other states, don't they?
1: Well, it's disgusting, Brandon. Look, consider that Brazil just had an election. It's the sixth most populous country in the world, 220 million people. They had the results on the same day, a third world country. Florida, our third largest population. Texas, our second largest population, almost 30 million people. They had the results election Eve. And now Arizona with 7 million people and Nevada with 3 million people can't do it. It's preposterous. It's inexcusable. The most charitable explanation is that it's incompetence, but I'm not that charitable because I know that the reason why the Democrats have instituted all of these voting changes and the reason why they love these slow, long counts is that it gives them time to commit vote fraud. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, look, Carrie Lake and... Adam Laxalt. Adam Laxalt is the senatorial candidate from Nevada. Carrie Lake is the gubernatorial candidate from Arizona. They were on TV yesterday. They both said that they were feeling very optimistic that their opponents had no path to victory because all the outstanding ballots were from Republicans who actually brought in mail-in ballots on election day because they didn't want to send them through the mail, wisely. I hope they're correct, Brennan, but I have to tell you that history tells a different story because Listen to this. Tucker Carlson's team just did an analysis, he mentioned this yesterday, where they analyzed 13 publicized races where they had delayed results in this country. They were all pretty recent. Now, if they were close races, you would think maybe Republicans might win 50% or thereabouts. Democrats won 10 of the 13 or 77%. And we know what happens, Brandon. They always tend to say at the last minute, oh, we found a new batch of ballots. And then of course, most all those ballots break towards the Democrat. Isn't that something quite a coincidence? And also, you almost always see these problems in Democrat-run states.
0: Yes, you do. So I'm not gonna hold you to it, but what would your gut tell you is gonna happen in the end?
1: Well, I was looking at the results yesterday. Laxalt was ahead in his race. By about 12 to 15,000 votes, I think it was. Then I saw today it was under 1,000 at one point. Now, I checked before going on the air. It was around 2,000 his lead, so that's not bad. But Carrie Lake, she was down by 15,000 yesterday. I just checked it. She was down, I think, by about 26,000. So we'll have to see. I mean, my gut tells me that the Democrats are going to steal these races. But I hope that Lake and Laxalt are correct. I mean, maybe they know something I don't know. I hope they do. I hope it wasn't just that they were being like boxers are. You know, boxers always say, I'm going to whoop them, even if they lose in the first round. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's just disgusting. And let me tell you how significant this is, Brandon. Okay, This is what you have to realize. Of course, the Senate hangs in the balance. Right now, the Republicans have secured 49 seats for the next session. The Democrats, 48. If the Democrats can steal the senatorial races in Arizona and Nevada, they're going to have 50. They'll control the Senate again. But it's more significant than that. And they have the vote
0: of Kamala Harris.
1: They have the vote of Kamala Harris. They've got that December 6th runoff down in Georgia. You know, the devil went down to Georgia looking for a seat to steal, as Charlie Daniels might say. But anyway, it's more significant than that. And let me tell you why. In Florida, we actually did have a red wave. Now, I'm sure you know that. It was an unbelievable red wave. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis, he won by almost 20 points over his opponent. Marco Rubio won by 16.5 points. Not only that, they flipped Miami-Dade. That's like Lee Zeldin in my state of New York almost having won New York City. It's absolutely unbelievable. On top of that, in the Florida House, the Republicans are poised to have 85 of the 120 seats, a historical record. Now, what was the difference? The difference, at least in part, was that DeSantis tried hard to stamp out vote fraud. Well, if Carrie Lake can win the governorship in Arizona, and also there's a governorship at stake in Nevada too, Carrie Lake is cut from the same stone as DeSantis. She's gonna do her utmost to stamp out vote fraud, Brandon. and if she can do that, guess what? In 2024, it's gonna be very, very hard for the Democrats to carry Arizona in the presidential election. But if Katie Hobbs, Lake's opponent wins, well, vote fraud is only going to get more egregious in Arizona. And then guess what? It's going to be impossible for the Republicans to win Arizona in 2024. That is what is at stake here. And that's how significant these races
0: are. Yeah. Look at this article also by Selvin Duke over at thenewamerican.org, uh, thenewamerican.com, excuse me, thenewamerican.com. Election deniers, question mark, they're election realists and a plurality pur- of America. Uh are you telling me the polls are showing that most Americans now the majority are beginning to believe in election fraud?
1: Well, listen to this, you'll love this. This poll, this survey was commissioned by Newsweek, not a right-wing entity. And what did they find? They found that 40% of the country believes the 2020 election was stolen. 36% doesn't believe it was stolen, but of that 36%, more than a third, 34% believe that it's reasonable to think it was stolen. So in other words, what they're calling a radical belief being an election denier, and really we have to control the language, Brandon, it's being an election realist, is pretty much a mainstream belief. Not only that, I wanna tell you something else, you know this, The Democrats wrote the book on election denial. In 2000, they claimed that Bush was an illegitimate president, that the election was stolen for him by the Supreme Court. Then, of course, with Donald Trump, you saw years of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, pure and utter nonsense. With Stacey Abrams, the better part of 20 times she claimed she was the legitimate governor of Georgia after 2018. So they wrote the book on that. It's disgusting. And my point in telling you this is that— Everyone acknowledges, everyone in the know at one point or another, that our elections are not secure. And they're not. It's disgusting. And it shouldn't be happening. I mean, the third world is laughing at us.
0: Indeed they are. OK, i only got about two minutes left, but I want to get to this one. Look at this headline by Selwyn, his article. Ticking economic time bomb, world diesel supplies at lowest level since 1982. Now you wrote this, came out October 30th. How are we doing? What's the update?
1: Well, they're still at a low level, and it is a very dangerous thing. Now, I know some people have saying have been saying we're poised to run out of diesel. We're not really going to run out, I understand, but the supplies are low. And if the supplies are low, then prices go up, and everything runs on diesel. Trucks run on diesel, and all our goods are basically shipped by trucks. So that would be devastating for the economy. I mean, if diesel increases precipitously in price, prices are going to rise across the board. It's a very, very bad thing. And the problem is especially egregious on the East Coast, I believe, in New England. On the West Coast, actually, it was a lot better. They had a bit of a surplus. So it wasn't exactly nationwide. But this is something else you can lay at Joe Biden's feet. I mean, the fact is we were energy independent, but he's taken a wrecking ball to our energy creation. It's just absolutely inexcusable. And disgusting because there was a time in the '90s when we were reliant upon Arab sheiks for our oil, and it seemed like energy independence Brannon, was just a fantasy, a, uh, just something that could never happen. But we achieved it, and now Joe Biden has just thrown a monkey wrench into the whole thing.
0: Well, and again, if you have a low supply, supply and demand, obviously, you know, economics 101: low, low supply, you have high, higher prices. So again, higher prices mean everything goes up: your food everything clothes the materials you buy because everything comes either on a barge or a rail car or a semi truck yeah absolutely selwyn duke thenewamerican.com thenewamerican.com thanks for being with us and checking in tonight on a friday night selwyn
1: thank you Brandon, and god bless
0: you too my friend selwyn duke check out his great articles he's got a bunch of them thenewamerican.com thenewamerican.com all right folks
2: It's Friday, November 11th, Veterans Day, the day we honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the principles that serve as the foundation for the American Constitution. The freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly, consent of the governed, the right to choose our leaders, the right to free and fair elections. Yet on this Veterans Day, those very rights are under assault, not only by foreign actors like China, but by those who hate everything America stands for within her own borders. On this Veterans Day, we do not have the results to elections that took place days ago, as counting in Arizona and Nevada continue, in what is a clear attempt to subvert the will of the people. But you will be censored, you will be targeted, if you dare to call it as it is. On this Veterans Day, there are many veterans who are sitting in the DC Gulag for doing just that. Veterans who served their country honorably, held in pretrial detainment, denied their basic rights as citizens under the rule of law, rights they fought for, held in conditions akin to a third world country, not America, as described back in June by DC political prisoner and former Marine Ryan Nichols' wife, Bonnie.
3: He has been in prolonged solitary confinement for over 16 plus months in torturous conditions. He has not been able to view his discovery. He has been denied access um, to worship, to nutritional food. He has not had a haircut in over a year and he has not been able to see the light of sunlight. Uh, But worst of all, he has not been able to see his children um, at all due to COVID. And these are extreme torturous conditions that no American citizen should have to endure especially a Marine veteran that served his country honorably.
2: But a bit of hope for the Nichols family on this Veterans Day, for the Nic- as Ryan's lawyer, Joseph McBride, announced he had secure- has secured the release for Ryan from a DC judge. Coincidentally, the news comes on the 274th birthday, yesterday, of the Marine Corps. Ryan is supposed to be released around Thanksgiving. So on this Veterans Day, As we remember those honorable men and women who have sacrificed for this country, also remember those who have become targets of the very nation they bravely fought for. And remember that it is up to all of us to preserve our democracy so that we can have a country to bequeath our children. As we said, the county continues in Arizona and Nevada, probably through the weekend, while Carrie Lake's team continues to exude confidence and says not only she, but her down ticket colleagues will prevail. The liberal hack pundits have clearly initiated, as you can see here, a coordinated messaging campaign, calling at least the Senate race for Democrat Mark Kelly. And what is a clear signal? Pay attention that Democrats do not intend to lose the power of the Senate, whatever it takes. And what exactly is it going to take? Perhaps truckloads of ballots.
4: Out here at the
1: Maricopa Elections Office, more Penske trucks coming in, apparently delivering ballots. I
5: guess so.
2: That was Real America Voice's Ben Burquam reporting in Maricopa County, where he was removed from a press conference, even though he is a credentialed member of the press. So much for free free speech. And what are they trying to hide? Well, let's ask someone who knows, because this isn't his first rodeo. Welcome in our own Mr. Mike Lindell. Good to see you, Mike.
6: Hey, Emerald. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what a a week it's been. It's been... uh, This is uh, actually though, you know, this is kind of, actually, I'm gonna tell you the silver lining in all this. If it would have been the big red wave that everybody talked about, I believe we wouldn't have been able to do anything about the election crime with the machines. We would, it would have like stopped in the sand. Uh, And uh, so I look at it a blessing because in the long run, we have to get rid of the machines. We have to go to paper ballots and count it. And I think the whole country is being educated here.
2: They certainly are, and it is a noticeable difference, Mike, between the day before the election, right, November the seventh and November eighth, when all of a sudden, people who didn't want to talk to you or I about machines, who would not talk about the machines, all of a sudden, are saying there's a problem with the machines.
6: Right. Yeah, we woke up on on, on November eighth to the biggest blessing when uh, not just in Arizona, but we had uh, we had people on the ground in every state, and we had over 30 states. I believe the last count was 32. When we're still getting information in, where they didn't take ballots, the machines were malfunctioning, flipping from Republican to Democrat right on the right on the machine. They call supervisors over. So many people got there, and they said, "I'm sorry, you already voted." And they go, and they said, "No, I didn't." And they brought their ballot with them. Uh, their mail-in ballot said, see, I did. And they called their sheriffs just like we, we had planned. So um, it's, uh, and then, and then uh, even Fox News talked about the machines and, and worldwide. And it's, uh, you know, even if there was no, I, I, people need to understand, even if there was no uh, backend crime, obviously vote flips and stealing what they did in many states, they wiped out Pennsylvania and Michigan. We caught them in the real crime, um, in real time crime, Um, and even if there wasn't that, why would you want these malfunctioning machines across our country? It's just, it's just, it's beyond any uh, logic of why you, what we're fighting for. No one just says, hey, you're right, let's go to what France does, Netherlands, Germany, all these places where they have elections instead of selections.
2: And speaking of what you all, you were doing on election night, I, I really love that you were sharing those graphs with mm-hmm. the data points, tabulating the votes from the Edison data. Because when you look at those graphs, and I, I have talked to so many people over the last couple of days, Mike, who were just shocked when they saw right. them. They couldn't believe because you, the, the, the spikes are undeniable. The irregular voting patterns are undeniable.
6: Right. It, it's disgusting, actually, that uh, they'll probably shut down Edison after this, Emerald, after what we uh, you know, uh, showed the whole country. And one of the things I had PolitiFact or some horrible left-wing uh, journalist call me uh, when I was traveling yesterday and he said, you know, we checked out the Herschel Walker, well, the spike they gave to um, the Democrat, it was a 200,000 vote spike. Uh, Herschel won by a landslide in Georgia, by the way. And we showed that, and then he or, and he came back. He said, well, we reached out to Edison and somebody there told us that that was Fulton County. And I said, oh, that's what they told you, huh? I said, how about this one? So we, I showed him another graph where you had votes go down. Yesterday, there was 27,000 votes going down for Herschel. And then there and then they had a million yeah. votes. This was the best one. The best one, Emerald, was one million votes up, I believe it was Illinois. They made a mistake, so one million votes. Then it stayed there for about 45 minutes, and then they took them back off. Everybody, votes don't go down. You don't go one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, uh, back to two. This isn't shoots and ladders.
2: And that was in the Senate race with Tammy Duckworth, and they called that race two minutes after the poll has, had closed. But right. I, I want to focus on Arizona because I'm hoping, Mike, you can give us some insight into what's going on. They are <coughs> slow walking this. I asked Kelly Ward yesterday, what does this mean they're doing behind the scenes when they're, they're, you know, they're slowing down the counting? We don't get to see really what's going on. What is going on? And secondly, what do you think is going to happen? Is Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, uh, Mark Fincham going to be able to prevail or are, is this a, is this a steal?
6: Well, it's it's they did what people of Arizona and across the country did what we said to do. They did vote same day, and this is what's saving these, overriding the algorithm, so to speak. Kerry did it in the primary, and there's about 620,000 votes left. And of the 620, uh, there's about 140,000 that will be maybe that that those are still some of the cheating ones. Will be about 60, 40 but all the rest are running around 75, 25 or 80, 20. I mean, they're just over, even some even higher, 85%. So Kerry will, will win easily. Now this is if, um, if they don't bring any more ballots in like they did in uh, the 2020 election where they brought them in in truckloads, it was uh, 200 and some or 300,000 uh, ballots that weren't from the election that they, you know, what are they doing? What are they hiding in there? But I believe Kerry will win easily. And so should Blake, Lakewood should pull it out by about 30, 40,000 votes, if all things, if they don't do any more cheating. And uh, Mark Finchin would win by 40 to 50,000. Now, and then you have the same thing going on up in Nevada too. Uh, they don't want to lose the Senate, do they? They want to, <laughs> they want to, uh, they're doing everything they can. I don't know why, you know, people, they should go in there. We should have cameras on this count. This is our country at stake here. The cameras should be in there. The news should be let in there. Let's all watch this count. Let's watch what you're doing in there. Why is it taking a week? Why did it take 14 days in 2020? Um, I know why, because you're trying to figure out how you're gonna t- steal this from the American people.
2: Absolutely, uh, and I, we only got about 40 seconds, but Mike, what do you, how do you think Herschel Walker can manage to pull this out in Georgia? Because it seems like they're really trying to stack it against him.
6: Yeah, well that one, will be, we'll have plenty of time to get things ready before December 6th. And well, you know, we're going to all the states, I and mean, we're treating every state now like it's our only state. We're, we're not just looking at these, uh, at the Senate. There were many states that were decimated. Uh, They sold everything in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Colorado, um, and this uh, they they use machines everywhere and computers. And that's a big play there. But we'll be be ready for Herschel. I think the whole world will be watching. And remember, a lot of these candidates now have a lot of rights to be able to go for audits and do a lot of things here. We're gonna do everything we can legally in our power with attorneys. And like in Pennsylvania, uh, they have a law up there. You can't have more votes than voters. Well, they did it again, Emerald, and uh, you'll you'll see that lawsuit coming out next week.
2: Yeah, I was actually surprised that Oz conceded so quickly given all the shenanigans that were going on that was well-documented and based on that law.
6: Yeah, absolutely terrible. Well, thank you so uh, much, uh, Mike. Thank you, Emerald. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And everybody keep the faith, everybody, because this, I'm just so happy it wasn't a red wave because everyone would have said, oh, our elections are secure. Look at the Republicans won. No, they're not. And we're, every, every day that goes by, more and more is revealed, and we will get to a great place in our country.
2: Yeah. I can't tell you how many calls and texts I've had saying, wow, you were right about the machines. And you were right, Mike Lindell. Good to see you. Thank you. It's estimated that millions of protesters are taken to the streets of Brazil to protest unfair election practices. There are obvious parallels to election corruption in Brazil and the United States, yet yeah, the protests in the U.S. are much smaller in comparison. The protesters in Brazil claim that former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva stole an election in Brazil. The protesters are backing Brazil's current president, Jair Bolsonaro. According to independent journalists, the Brazilian Supreme Court is successfully attempting to take over the election. Judges are even sending journalists to jail. Here's what journalist Matthew Terremont told me earlier this week.
0: People watching it realized something was rotten in the state of Brasilia. Something uh, did not make sense when they saw Bolsonaro go out to an early lead, and then every ballot drop therein thereafter, uh, from 8% precincts to 100, went for Lula. Now keep in mind, Lula, much like Biden in 2020, did not campaign. He is a convicted felon who was sentenced to 12 years in prison.
2: Does that sound familiar? Now it's happening in Maricopa County, Arizona, where there is obvious, where it's obvious, there's foul play. Some Republicans are rooting against members of their own party. The Washington Post admitted what we suspected, that establishment Republican Kevin McCarthy plotted against MAGA Republicans so he could possibly be Speaker of the House. So will members of the Freedom Caucus, like Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene, Andy Biggs and Jim Jordan, push back against McCarthy as Republicans take back the House? Let's welcome Chronicles Magazine's Pedro Gonzalez. Pedro, good to see you again. I think that, you know, I I know you and I often agree on where the American people are. Clearly, after this election, the midterm election, it's hard to deny that our elections are rigged. Why are Americans so so slow to say anything or, or apathetic compared to the Brazilians?
4: I think fear. I think there's an understanding that if if you did go out and do this, that's not necessarily an excuse in the face of actual, you know, proven injustice and things like that. But I think a big part of it is fear because there would be a disproportionate response. I mean, you, you've you seen what's happened with January 6th compared to, say, the uh, George Floyd riots of 2020, right? basically everyone who was involved in much more serious uh quote-unquote peaceful protesting that is rioting and looting was essentially let off with either a slap on the wrist or nothing at all so i think it's uh i think there's an understanding that the the power uh the difference in response and all that would absolutely be much more weighted but again when push comes to shove that's not really an excuse but i think there are glimmers of good things happening for example in Florida. Uh, when the Biden administration announced that it was going to deploy uh, election monitors so-called election monitors from the civil rights uh, division ostensibly to guarantee you know uh voting integrity that no one has their their right to vote uh infringed upon right wink wink um so when the Biden administration announced that the the Florida state department sent a letter to the Biden administration saying no federal election monitors are allowed inside of Florida's polling places. That the state of Florida said, we will not allow any federal agents inside of places to handle uh, these ballots, to to have any kind of hands-on involvement in in counting these votes. And basically, if you live in a Republican state with a Republican governor, why isn't your state doing the same thing? I think that's really gonna be the future here is we often think about the presidency and the White House But the states have tremendous amounts of power to guarantee election integrity. And so that's one tool in the toolbox that we really haven't thought about using. And the only place that I've seen basically issue that threat to the federal government is Florida so far.
2: I think you're absolutely dead on with that. We need Republican governors and other states to stand up in the way that DeSantis did on not only this issue, but other issues and pushing back against the overreach of the Biden administration. And I think that's one reason they're so dead set on uh, trying to keep Carrie Lake from taking the the governorship in Arizona, because uh, especially down ballot from her, they are set on election integrity, but I want to talk about specifically Florida. The establishment thus far has had an extremely hard time separating the Republican Party from Donald Trump, and that is clearly their goal. It seems they've been handed a gift in the success of Florida in this midterm election, and then as the results drag out, it's allowed them to build this narrative that Trump is to blame and the dump Trump narrative. Last night, President Donald Trump went on a rant regarding his relationship with the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, in a true social post. He began discussing uh, DeSantis's 2018 election by saying, I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County, and Ron was going down 10,000 votes a day, along with no Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys, and the ballot theft immediately Ended. The president also went off on Fox Corp, the outlet that owns Fox News, Fox Business, the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Trump believes the outlets all are siding with DeSantis for a 2024 run. And I, I would say he's right in that. I mean, that's definitely the narrative in all the, the Fox core or the News core outlets. So, Pedro, what do you make? Of this situation, will they effectively be able to separate Trump from his base and pit Trump against DeSantis? And how do you think uh, the former president is handling this?
4: Well, I think the worst thing that could happen right now is this kind of infighting. And I think it's important that when we talk about Trump's base and DeSantis' base, they're often the same thing. You have a lot of people yes. that support Trump and also support DeSantis. They're not different people. Like as often there's a lot of overlap and it's literally the same people. So I think this kind of infighting riling up these, basically people who agree on everything to just kind of turn on each other, I think is incredibly self-destructive. And I hope that DeSantis doesn't respond. I hope that he just focuses on being a good governor. I don't actually really want him to run for president in 2024. I think he should just continue being a good governor because like I said, Governors are the ones but I mean you need the White House and at some point, you know, we're going to be back in the White House. But when we're talking about things like election integrity and stuff like that, the governors are the ones that can make a uh, a decisive difference in whether or not we still have the ability to elect people and, and send them into office. Right. So I think basically making this kind of a death match over who runs for president in 2024 and turning people who otherwise agree with each other against each other, I mean, the only people that that benefits is actually the establishment. And I mean, the narrative or the problem for the Trump people, when they're trying to push this this narrative that uh, DeSantis is being used as a pawn of the establishment or whatever, is the fact that Kevin McCarthy spent millions of dollars undermining actual America First candidates like Anthony Sabatini and Joe Kent, right? We know that. That's no surprise. Also, you know, Mitch McConnell tried to sink Blake Master's race. But we know for a fact that uh, Mitch, uh, Kevin McCarthy did that to people like Sabatini and Kent, right? Well, Trump endorsed McCarthy again on November 8th for his continuation in leadership. So uh, the argument that like DeSantis is being used by the establishment, well, Trump is endorsing the establishment. So I think that ultimately this, this whole battle uh, is totally pyrrhic. It's entirely self-destructive. And the only people it serves are the enemies of both uh, both camps, basically. So like I said, I hope DeSantis doesn't respond and just continues being a good governor. And I hope that uh, whoever has Trump's ear tells him to uh, calm down.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, you know, I, I, I know what it's like to try to wrangle, you know, I spent years covering the White House. So I, I'm sure that this is, you know, his decision and they're just, you know, There's not much they could do about it as far as his staff goes. But I now see, uh, I see, you know, Republican voters going at each other now. And it seems like the narrative is working to a certain degree. So what do you say to people right now who's looking at this, who thinks, you know, or say they're backing one or the other?
4: Yeah. Again, I I would say just don't take the bait um, to everyone who's thinking about this don't take the bait, don't, you know, knife someone who otherwise agrees with you on everything um, over this. I mean, that's really it. I, I I really can't stress that enough. The The only people that would benefit from the G, the right basically splitting, the only people that would benefit from the DeSantis and Trump camps just blowing each other up would be people that we all, you know, people that we all hate. I mean, people like David French and whatever, uh, these are really the people mm-hmm. that despise, Donald Trump and DeSantis all the same. I mean, National Review. I mean, this has been totally memory hole. I wrote about it, but National Review was going into like spasms of horror when DeSantis was taking on Disney. Like their their senior writers and editors were accusing DeSantis of being a bigot uh, over the parental rights and education bill. Uh, They they were saying that he was becoming an authoritarian because of the way that he was taking on. Disney that was promoting LGBT ideology to kids, right? Like they were basically, National Review, which I think is a good indicator of where the establishment is, was freaking out over DeSantis and talking about DeSantis the same way that they have been talking about Trump for years. So again, I think there, there probably is an effort by the establishment to co-opt DeSantis and use him as a wedge against Trump. But ultimately, it comes down to him not going along with it And the people that support both Trump and DeSantis also not going along with it.
2: I think you said it best. Don't take the bait. You can say that in several situations. Thank you so much, Pedro. Thank you. Up next, something suspicious happened in Georgia on Election Day. We discuss that next. The push against barcodes and voting in the state of Georgia still is happening despite the fact that the midterm elections is over. In fact, there's a new complaint pushing against this saying that they're, they're nowhere in the Georgia law does it state that a barcode is allowed to be on a ballot. And One person taking a stand against these barcodes on ballots is Ted Metz. He's the Libertarian candidate for Georgia secretary of state. Initial results show that his opponent, Georgia's current Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, won re-election. However, next week there will be an audit for the Georgia Secretary of State's race. An audit is required for general election elections in even-numbered years on a race selected by the Secretary of State. It must be completed before the election results are certified. And join me now as Georgia Secretary of State candidate Ted Metz and Sarah Thompson with the Georgia record. She's also a poll worker, poll watcher, and a US veteran military personnel officer. And so, Sarah, before we get into the segment, we have to say thank you for this servant for your service on this Veterans Day. Thank you. My pleasure. And I understand your husband is uh, is also a member of the military, so we thank him and your entire family as well. Uh, Now we'll get into it. I'll start with you, Ted. Uh, You have over 20 years, despite being a candidate in the Libertarian Party for the Secretary of State, you have 20 years of IT and database experience. So tell me, based on your experience, why are you against barcodes on ballots?
5: The barcode essentially is not human readable. That's first and foremost. We have no idea the computational function of the ballot marking device. So we really have no idea what kind of data is in the in the barcode. All of the software is proprietary, so we can't even decode the barcode to find out what's in it. So that's kind of a scary thing right there. But mostly I'm against it because any kind of computer system can be hacked at multiple points by multiple softwares. It could even be a little script that says, you know, flip, flip vote from candidate A to candidate B, one out of every hundred votes. So we just have a lot of. Um, well, we don't have any confidence in the in the way that the system works, because they're not letting us actually look at it. They're they're keeping the data from us, and our data analysis in in previous elections shows that there's some anomalous behaviors in the election numbers.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and we've been following those very closely. Sarah, you've also been pushing against these barcodes. Tell me what you've been doing as a as you know someone who is very familiar with the elections process and works the polls.
3: Yes. So um I began asking questions in May last year when i was asking for the ballots because i don't have any faith in the verified in the verified results of course you know we have the secretary of state the dominion ceo and um CISA, department of homeland security saying that the human readable portion of the ballot is the verifiable portion and it's designed into our dominion system and it's marketed that way to the public on the voter safe ga website um, just as just to make the point. So there's a lot of theater that goes on at the polls. And I was there all day over 12 hours. And, you know, people are casting in good faith. And when you put that ballot into the scanner, it says, you know, your ballot has been cast. But let's be honest, you know, we are reviewing this part of the ballot. But what we're casting is this, ballot right here and so mm-hmm. this the citizen really it's it's theater and we all know that they're they're refusing our ability to do that voter verifiable match i spent all summer trying to get the um photo of the paper ballots and they just hustled, hustled them over to the court and locked them up and i'd been asking for two weeks so we have the secretary of state ryan germany who is uh, objecting and he may, but the counties don't have it. That's not a law. A memorandum is not a law as we know. So uh, a secretary of state's general counsel, who's in trouble right now for serving on a performance review board um, illegally, he shouldn't, you know, is, is the person they're trusting here in my County. And it's devastating. I did file my, my case. It's very similar to what's been done in three counties, but I don't have my hearing until next Thursday and i think that's a joke because the certification will be happening on tuesday. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's after the fact when not right. too much can be done. And and they have this risk limiting audit is what they call it. That's part of, you know, <laughs> the regular <laughs> process for this year. But Ted, is there if you have barcodes, how can you ensure that the you can't even really do the kind of audit they're talking about, right?
5: Um <laughs> It's 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 so I'm, I'm I'm really struggling for the word to say how ludicrous the whole idea is because according to the HB three sixteen which described how the audit is going to be conducted, essentially they have a cherry picked batch of of ballots that they will hand count from the paper ballot and compare it to the machine results that they got during the election, and they'll say okay if it's within ninety percent, it's good. Ninety percent is not a good measure because the Election Assistance Corporation says it should be uh, accurate to one in 10 million votes. So the whole thing is just theater anyway.
2: Yeah, and in fact, in talking about some of those audits and reconciling them with the original machine count, there's still an outstanding complaint in, I believe, it is Fulton County, Georgia, where they can't they can't verify or find where 20,000 votes came from. Even though when they did that hand count on December 3rd and 4th of 2020, they said, "Oh well, it it was right, it was right," and yet yep. there were still, you know, <laughs> all these votes that you don't have tabulator tape for. But that again, it, it always comes up. We always it's find not, this it's out not only after the fact. Tape.
5: <clears throat> not Go only ahead. is it tabulator tape; they they lack the ballot images, according to the way it's supposed right. to work. Is the ballot image creates the vote, and they are short seventeen thousand four hundred forty-two ballot images. So, and nobody's going to reconcile that, and we we still are trying to fight the Fulton County. A, a absentee ballot uh, viewing, so we're still in court over that. We're still waiting for uh appeals for the Georgia Supreme Court on that one and and of course, this next election, yeah, election 20... you just had is still is still pending. We don't have any idea how that's going to come out.
2: exactly, so Sarah, your hearing is next week. What do you hope happens even though it's after the certification process?
3: Well, the fundamental request is still the same that the QR code be acknowledged as something that is not a verifiable component to use as part of the cast vote record and the certification is done at the county level and it's part of casting the vote goes all the way through all the way through the certification and I, I mean, I don't think my county, I don't know why but my county invalidly certified, you know, this is what they turn in. for certification of the primary this is a joke and the question is why why didn't they do it right was there a problem and i do have internal communication that my election supervisor was challenged to have everything rectified from her vantage point. Um, And I have that internal. So, you know, the question is, these election supervisors are being asked to certify something that they are even, I think some of them are questioning their soul. But, you know, the state is, again, forcing this theater on us, and they're not allowing them to hand count like they would want to. I think ethical uh, election supervisors want to do this.
5: And, yeah, and, and the and, problem and they're being intimidated.
2: That, in tip- mm-hmm. go ahead.
5: Under under twenty one one four ninety one, the election returns are open to public inspection prior to certification.
3: That's right. So
5: they they are refusing to let us yeah. see things that is yeah. part of the black letter law that we're enabled to see it.
3: Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct.
2: Yeah. You all have been fighting so hard in Georgia and yet these persist. Keep us posted on this particular situation because we're gonna continue to cover it here at The Absolute Truth. Thank you both, Ted, Sarah, for being here. Thank Thank you. you. Blessings. Up next, Reiner Republicans are faking their outrage when it comes to funding the war in Ukraine. Michael Tracy joins us to explain. All right, wow, it's been a week to say the least and that does it for us here this week. But you know, we'll be back For another jam-packed week, just as much I'm sure, next Monday and of course bringing you more absolute truth.